Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. So uh, as it's been all week, we've got, uh, you know, a huge story every minute, it seems. Uh, What we're watching this morning is the meeting of NATO the heads of state of the 30 countries in NATO, uh, meeting this morning, virtually, of course. Uh, At the conclusion, they're all blasting Russia uh, for the actions they've taken in Ukraine. And in a shared statement that came out this morning, they stated that Russia bears full responsibility for this conflict. Okay, I think we agree on that. I think we're good on that. Uh, We can say Russia bears full responsibility. Fine. What do we do about it, though? How do we handle it? I think that's the bigger question that we need some answers to. Uh, Let's check in now with Erica Simpson, who is an associate professor in the Department of Political Science at Western University and president of the Canadian Peace Research Association and author of NATO and the Bomb. Erica, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time today. Hi, you're welcome. The situation that we're seeing with NATO, I mean, obviously, they're in a a spot here. There's no question about it. We haven't seen something like this in a very, very long time. But um, just what you heard from NATO today, okay, they're they're blaming Russia. Okay, Russia's Mm -hmm. responsible, right? I mean, we understand that at this point. They're saying that Russia is responsible, but they will not themselves, the NATO allies, take military action in Ukraine. So although they will deploy more forces to the to the borders yes. and to the eastern flank and to the NATO allies, the 30 members that you were talking about, um, they themselves will not engage in military action inside Ukraine. It will affect your listeners in Edmonton because the price of oil has already shot up yep. to $105 a barrel and you're going to see a lot more Ukrainian refugees out in Alberta because so many people are, are you have such a large uh, Ukrainian diaspora, Huge. we have the biggest one in the world. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of pressure to take in, like we did with the Afghans, more than 20,000 refugees for sure. Like I think we'll, we'll see a huge demand, especially from Saskatchewan and from Alberta to take in uh, the Omas and the families that um, have been left really without farms and without schools and sleeping in the subways. Yes, and so yeah. on. That's what we're seeing on the news. Um, what do you think the discussion was like at the NATO meeting this morning? What sort of considerations are they having to make as they decide how best to respond to this? Well, I think you can say that the United States is the hegemon. It, it makes the decisions, and Anthony Blinken, who's the U.S. Secretary of State, uh, uh, and obviously President Biden will make the decisions about the commitments. And really, we saw that, too, with the withdrawal from Afghanistan. Once the United States decide to pull out, the other allies, like um, uh, Italy and, and Germany, and uh, also pulled out. So in this case, we don't know because it's a closed-in-camera secret discussion We'll never know what happened. But I know from talking to different people at NATO headquarters, I have an intern there now. Um, one of my PhD students is an intern there. Talking to him on the, on the you know, in the NATO headquarters and so, and so on, he can't say what the secret discussions are. But we, we know behind the scenes that they shared the intelligence about the Russian movements. They shared it widely. Uh, they shared their information and they shared their proposals. So we saw those proposals that were leaked 
in a Spanish newspaper, and I've read them very carefully, and they were pretty, pretty, pretty good. Like they were offering to make some concessions on nuclear weapons and on strategic and tactical nuclear weapons. So I don't think we can blame the United States entirely. I mean, you were saying blame Russia yeah. entirely. The U.S. did expand, uh, and that made uh, Putin very threatened. He has said endlessly since um, he was involved in the treaty uh, in, in, in negotiating way back in 2014 that he felt that uh, NATO was getting too close to the Russian borders yes. and to what he sees as the Russian empire. So, you know, should we have expanded? Should NATO, should the West have expanded so close? They did not take in Ukraine. They talked to Ukraine. Ukraine is officially a partner, just like Georgia is a partner, but they are not allies. And and that's why NATO is not going to be fighting in Ukraine on Ukrainian, um, like a ground war. Right, yeah. They will not undertake a ground war there. Uh, announced, I'm just reading on CNN here, for the, for the first time ever, the NATO response force has been activated as a defensive measure. What can you tell us about the NATO response force and what that means? Well, the United States has said they will commit more troops to that. So they're talking about 5,000 troops. That uh, response force has not been deployed before. It kind of is reminiscent of the United Nations wanted to have a rapid reaction capability way back in the 1990s. That idea fell through because no country was going to commit troops to to station troops permanently. So, but the NATO response capability is much more successful. They've trained together, and I'm not sure where they're going to be deployed, but we can imagine it will probably be in the Baltic countries, in Lithuania in Latvia and in Estonia, probably closer to Lithuania Lithuania because it's closest to the Russian enclave, which is called Kaliningrad, which is on the Baltic Sea. So the concern is, and I'm going on a bit here, but the the concern is, let's say this war expands beyond Ukraine and beyond Belarus. What happens in the long run if in the few years, let's say, the Russians try to build a corridor and make a corridor toward Kaliningrad, toward their Russian enclave? That would that would um, mean that there would be a war against NATO. So the rapid reaction response teams will go there, and they may go to Poland. They may go to Romania, but Romania and Hungary have been, and Bulgaria have been more reluctant to take NATO forces, and they're arguing that they themselves, especially Bulgaria, is saying that it can protect itself with its own Bulgarian forces. So there's those internal um you know, little fights and, and, and difficulties. But overall, Putin has kind of got what he didn't want, which is a united NATO and a united European Union, because the European Union um, has also announced just a couple of hours ago that they're going to impose heavy sanctions. And remember, the European Union relies a great deal on gas Very much. from Russia. So for, for, for people in Alberta, it's really important to understand that already the German government has, has halted the uh, key Russian gas pipeline, which is called Nord Stream 2, that was going to take gas from Russia under the Baltic Sea. That's been halted. That will, they're saying, never go ahead. And so there will be more reliance on North America. How will we get the gas there? I don't know. That's something that maybe your listeners will have some ideas about. I don't know about that, how, how Canada would export more gas to Europe. Um, last one before I let you go here. Where does it go yeah. from here? I mean, did, uh, it seems like NATO has sort of taken a, a strategy of containment. Um, let's see. I mean, it looks like Ukraine may be lost, but let's keep it contained to that and not let it escalate. Do you think that's a fair assessment? What? Where do we go from here? 
Yeah, I think that the old policy of containment, um, where where you decided if a country would be part of NATO based on its geographic location, is probably going to decide Ukraine's fate. I don't think that Ukraine or Georgia will ever be NATO allies. They'll be partners. Um, But basically, NATO's Article 5 which is then an armed attack against one of us is an attack. It's yeah. like the three musketeers. The armed attack against one of us is an attack against us all. That will govern the 30 allies for the future, but I don't think it will govern Ukraine and Georgia and other would-be countries that want to join NATO. So that's where we're sitting. We don't know what's going to happen in Ukraine in the days ahead, but let's all just hope and pray that uh, the Ukrainians themselves are not, thousands of them are not killed, mm-hmm. especially women and children. We're all concerned about that, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a horrible situation. Erica, great insight. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you. You too. That's Bye-bye. Erica Simpson, who is an associate professor in the Department of Political Science at Western University, president of the Canadian Peace Research Association and author of NATO and the Bomb. Getting a lot of expert analysis and insight into this, and uh, it's good. It's good. I think that's what we all need.